This is The Wrap, episode 59. The Wrap is a weekly show where I talk about all the cool and fun things that happened throughout the past week. Today is Friday, December 13th, 2013. I am your host, TJ. Well, I don't know how fun this past week was for me. I know in my show opening, I always say the fun things, but uh, as you might even be able to tell from the way my voice sounds, I have been very sick. I could not get out of bed for the first couple of days. Uh, I did not get out to see the movie I was supposed to see to review uh, with Chad on the Movie Bite podcast, and so I asked Joe Darnell to step in for me, and he and Chad talked about that movie. Uh, I have not done much writing for Movie Bite, other than post linked list items as I uh, was able to do that. So, uh, and this podcast is probably not going to be that long. I'm sure you'll forgive me given the circumstances, and hopefully by next week I will be back to my normal self. But uh, let's go ahead and dive in. I promise if you keep listening, I will not infect you with my noxious germs over the podcasting airwaves. So please forgive me if I sniffle or cough, and we'll get started. So starting on Monday, the first article that I posted was about Star Trek getting uh, the uh, the uh, third Star Trek reboot story, getting two new writers. Uh, and the reason I titled it that is, uh, let me go ahead and read the excerpt here. J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay have been tapped to write Star Trek three for Paramount and Skydance Productions. And in that quote, I put uh, in brackets S.I.C., which, of course, means uh, as it was written, I did not write Star Trek three. And this is a huge pet peeve of mine. In any event, the story here is this. The Star Trek 13 has new writers. Uh, and uh, Damon Lindelof is not in the mix as a writer anymore. So, and I think that's a good thing. I think we'll, uh, having fresh blood in the writer's room is never necessarily a bad thing. So I'm excited to see where that goes. And that's really all the news there is there. I wrote a uh, abbreviated box office report this past week because I did miss doing that a little bit. And I completely messed it up uh, somehow in my delirium. I thought that Frozen was in its first week, and I uh, don't know how I, except that I had this high fever and was trying to post things, and uh, it was a mess. Anyway, Frozen was number one at the box office, and uh, it's made um, a lot of money, apparently. Uh, I, I put a correction. Uh, let's see if I put, yeah, $190 million it's made to date. So Frozen is doing well. Uh, number two was The Hunger Games Catching Fire. Uh, and it's still doing well. The uh, worldwide figure is at $673 million. The previous film has made $691 million. So this film is within spitting distance, and it's it's going to get there this weekend, no doubt. Number three, Out of the Furnace. Uh, this continues to prove that R-rated films simply haven't... They have a hard time at the box office, particularly when they don't have a clear message about who their audience is or what the film is about. <clears throat> Number four is Thor The Dark World, now in its fifth week. Uh, and it has now made $610 million, so nothing to sneeze at. Uh, and I do apologize, those of you who read the article uh, and and wondered what in the world was going on with me in, in my fr- frozen analysis. It's this doggone uh, disease or whatever it is that I have that's making me uh, delirious. So moving on, AFI, American Film Institute, announces their top 10 movies and TV shows. Uh... And I'll just go ahead and read them off here. Uh, AFI Movies of the Year, 12 Years a Slave, American Hustle, Captain Phillips, Fruitvale Station, Gravity, Her, Inside, Lewin Davis, I believe that's correct, Uh, Nebraska, Saving Mr. Banks, and The Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, AFI TV Programs of the Year, The Americans, Breaking Bad, Game of Thrones, The Good Wife, House of Cards, Mad Men, Masters of Sex, Orange is the New Black, Scandal, and Veep. 
Uh, there's some good films in there yet, some I haven't had a chance to see, and I'd like to rectify that for the end of the year. I just don't know how I'm going to be able to make that happen. Obviously, Gravity and Captain Phillips are my top contenders on this list, and I'm glad to see them on here. Uh, and so that's the American Film Institute and their top ten. Joe Cornish will not be directing Star Trek and more Star Trek news. Uh, Kevin Jagernoth over at the playlist says, And while just over a month ago Cornish emerged as Paramount's top choice to direct Star Trek Three, again, SIC, it looks like he won't be going into the final frontier. Among Variety's recent news that J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay were joining the tentpole to write alongside franchise mainstay Robert Orsi, Roberto Orsi, though no sign of Alex Kurtzman, was the little nugget that Cornish is no longer involved with the movie. No reason is given for why the talks may have broken down between the studio and the filmmaker, and everything is being is pressing ahead to try to meet a 2016 release date. I'm sorry, I'm not. I'm stumbling over the reading of these, and this is probably not as fun to listen to as normal. Uh, I'll try to pick it up here. Um, a lot of people really like the choice of uh, Joe Cornish, a possibility of him directing Star Trek, and they they love his Attack the Block. And uh, even though he's not attached to direct the next Star Trek film, I do intend to see Attack the Block based on what I've heard. Uh, so that's, eh, you know, that, that news, I, it was a little early. It was never confirmed. So people got their hopes up and who knows what'll happen, but he is no longer attached to direct Star Trek film. Uh, if he ever was Paramount is planning Jack Reacher too, according to Kane R- Rodriguez over at the playlist. Although Christopher McQuarrie directed Jack Reacher open to a muted response stateside last Christmas, it's opening hall was 15 million with a final domestic tally just over 80 million. International audiences were more kind, with Lee Child at, with the Lee Child adaptation making $138 million abroad. Naturally, Paramount is looking to get back into the business with the anti-hero. Deadline reports, plans are being made to do a Jack Reacher 2 instead of tackling any of the other 17 novels. Paramount and Skydance Productions are looking at Child's latest installment, This Falls Never Go Back, to use as the basis for the 2012 film's sequel. <clears throat> The novel sees Reacher returning to Virginia headquarters of his old army unit where he gets arrested for an old crime he doesn't remember committing and finds out that he may have fathered a child. So whatever, I mean, you know what, Jack Reacher was a decent film, and um, it it wasn't earth-shattering or anything, so maybe they can work on that aspect a bit in the next film. At the same time, I'd, I'd be happy to see it because I did enjoy Jack Reacher just fine. So they're moving ahead with it. World War Z's sequel has a director. Uh, this is, again, according to Kevin Jagernoth over at the playlist. Uh, Juan Antonio Bayone, Bayona, the man who put Naomi Watts through hell in The Impossible, has been tapped to direct World War Z, title to be determined. But as you've probably already guessed, it's still very early stages. In fact, there are no writers on board, though Pitt has already said ideas have been percolating. But Bayona will apparently oversee that process as well. Undoubtedly, this will probably wait until there is a finished script that everyone likes before moving forward. And hopefully he'll be up to the task. Uh, I found World War Z to be unexpectedly good film. And uh, I say unexpected because it had such, you know, so much trouble in post-production, uh, so much director turmoil and, and reshooting and, and the like. Uh, I was surprised at how good it was. And I'm, I'm definitely interested in seeing the sequel. Uh, love to see where they go with that. And as I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, uh, uh, Joe Darnell did fill in for me on the Movie Bite podcast with Chad, uh, and they talked about all sorts of things uh, in an episode entitled Kitten Acupuncture. 
Uh, and I do appreciate Joe for coming back on and filling in for me this week while I was unable to speak uh, and unable even to get out of bed. So thank you, Joe. Uh, so make sure you listen to that. It was a good episode. I got to listen to it and edit it and get it out on the site. So uh, make sure that you give that a listen. Agents of Shield's ratings are down again. ABC cliffhanger filled Agents of Shield this Tuesday slipped to a new series low, drawing 6.1 million total viewers and a 2.1 demo rating per finals, down 12% opposite a fresh episode of NCIS. First of all, what was ABC thinking pitting it up against NCIS? I don't get that. Uh, and the, my second thought is, man, does every show I love have to get canceled? And with ratings going down like this, this show isn't going to get canceled unless something gets turned around. And I love this show so much. And people keep telling me, oh, it's not as good as I wanted it to be. Uh, and I don't get what people want from it. You know, I don't get it. I like it so much. But anyway, we'll see where this goes. Hopefully this, hopefully it'll make a comeback when they come back on January 7th. And it was a pretty good episode, this last one, that this cliffhanger and this mid-season finale. So before I sign off, let's talk about what you might want to see this weekend. The obvious answer to that is there is a dragon in the theater waiting for you. And that would be from The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smaug, or Smog. If you've seen the Honest trailer for that, you'll know what I mean. Don't know how to pronounce that. <laughs> um, you might remember that I was... I, I like The Hobbit well enough, but I'm not a huge fan, and I thought that uh, turning a one-book into three-part trilogy movie was just crazy... But at the same time, you know I'm going to be in there to see The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smaug, and I know that my wife is greatly looking forward to it. It's, again, two hours and 40 minutes. I'm pretty sure that's what the last one clocked in at. It's crazy. Nuts. But uh, we'll sit through it, and we'll like it. Uh, so there you go. That's uh, that's out in theaters this weekend. Be sure to see that if you want to. And limited release, if you can find this playing in your area, I think it's going to be good. Saving Mr. Banks. Uh, about the making of Mary Poppins, about how Disney was able to make Mary Poppins uh, happen. So that also looks good, starring Emma Thompson and Tom Hanks. Uh, so rated, uh, where's my rating? PG-13. Still in theaters, The Book Thief, excellent movie. Frozen, The Hunger Games, Catching Fire, Out of the Furnace, Thor the Dark World. Uh, and that's it. Uh, for more on how I feel about those films and whether or not I think you might be interested in seeing them, whether or not I think you should see them, be sure to check out my article linked up in the show notes. Well, that is all for this week. I will stop torturing you with this dreadful voice thing I have going on. If you would like to view the show notes online, you can find those at moviebyte.com slash therap slash 59. If you want to keep up with me, you can follow me on Twitter, where I post all sorts of witty things at uh, twitter.com slash tjdraperpro. You can also follow MovieByte on Twitter if you want to stay up to date with us, twitter.com slash moviebyte. You can also like MovieByte's Facebook page to stay up to date at facebook.com slash moviebyte. And of course, be sure to visit the website where I keep you up to date every weekday, even when I'm dread dreadfully sick, at moviebyte.com. That's all I've got this week. Thank you for listening. I hope you have a terrific weekend.